0: Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10 and Revelation 20. All right, Grief and Katrina, we got to talk about this bingo thing. They get together, bingo, bingo. Someone said not too long ago, I can't believe you let the older saints play bingo. It ain't gambling if you win, baby. It ain't if you... you got to watch the seniors now, though, because they'll bingo and ain't got no bingo. They'll be missing I-12 at bingo just to get some butterscotch. you got to be careful. you got to watch them. They won't do right. Y'all stand with me this morning, would you, for the reading of God's Word? I have a very uh, strong word for you today. Um, something that I believe is ignored, maligned, uh, rejected, blasphemed, but more often than not in churches in the West, we just don't talk about it because we don't want to be grouped with those people. But when your uneducated pastor answered the call to preach, I was called to preach the whole counsel of God. And I refer to it often In messages, and I've not failed to preach the reality of it. But this morning I want to speak to you in humility of heart, not in arrogance, on the subject of hell, its reality and its implications. Matthew 10, 28, Jesus said, And don't fear them which can kill the body only, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear. Him who is able both to destroy soul and body in hell. That word destroy is not annihilate. It means to render appropriate punishment. Revelation 20. If you're there, if not, it should be on the screen. Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Would you pray with me and for me as I pray for myself this morning? Father, I I know in my heart, I know in my intellect that we have been conditioned by propaganda. The media, television, and the internet. That anyone that believes in hell is arrogant and cruel, uh, narrow-minded. And this generation is rewriting the scriptures to create you in their image instead of us be transformed into your image. And I'm aware of that. But I also know that I could say something in a certain way that could turn people away from the truth of your glorious word So I'm asking, O Lord, today, not only the words that I speak, but how I say them. Let me speak as the pen of a ready writer. Let it be clear and articulate and powerful, and let it go into the deepest parts of who we are. Let your word reach us, O Lord. Your scripture tells us that the God of this world hath blinded the eyes of those that believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. Shine this morning, Lord. Let let truth come in like a beacon of light into darkness. Help us to see ourselves clearly and to see you even more clearly. clearly. And let us, O Lord, find ourselves face to face with you today. Bow our knee. And receive grace. Mercy and grace. In your son's name I pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. When you mention hell today. Uh, an abode for those who have died without Christ. The. The. Second to the final resting place of those who were, names were not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's a litany of reactions from people, Christians, and the public. There'll be that's just so antiquated. And then there's this volatile uprising. What kind of God would send someone to hell? He sends no one to hell. Their actions take them there. Their their sinfulness. And then I was pressed one time, someone said, well, what kind of God would, based on their sin, send them to hell? I said, the same kind that would come in the form of a man and die for their sins so they wouldn't have to go there. The scriptures are being rewritten. The devil has been very systematic over the last 20 years. He's raised up young ministers who connected with the teens and 20s, developed a following of millions for them only to write a book that hell is not real and love wins. And God is love. But listen, listen, listen. listen. Love doesn't win. Truth wins. Truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, O Lord. If any man addeth one thing to the word of God or taketh one thing away, let him be accursed. Now, let me speak to the part of that attitude that does bear witness. There was a generation that preached on hell every Sunday. Fire, brimstone, you know, I was scared. Do you all remember being scared to go in the theater? Lord, don't come. I remember watching Animal House in the theater. Lord, don't come while I'm in here because I know I'm toast. I can't get out of here. You know, there was a... A preaching on hell and the guys preaching, y'all ain't never seen preaching like this, I, I've seen it, not by my dad but others and the fish is out here and the man, you know red, now he's pale but while he's preaching you say he's going to blow a gasket any minute, vein coming up on his head and it's twitching and he's twitching and everybody's amening him and he's preaching truth about the reality of hell but I got the feeling he wanted me to go there and so I wasn't real receptive to that and so because of that because of the messenger because that some have preached have fallen we have rejected the truth because of the inadequacies and the immaturities and the idiosyncrasies of the messenger But truth is truth is truth it's true. It doesn't matter who repeats it. I'll give you a quick example. Let's say an electrician comes to your house and said, that, that, that wall, that outlet right there is faulty. see so You don't understand. what um, used to faulty. You think your, your vacuum cleaner ain't going to work. That's not what I'm saying. She's popping. She's popping. Don't, don't plug into that. So he's got uh, Colt 45 quart in his hand, he smells like Pall Mall, Filter King, five hundreds. He's got pornography on the dash of his truck. He beats his wife. He's cruel to his children, and he cusses like a sailor. Irregardless of who he is, he speaketh truth. And you go, you forget, and you go to plug into Kirby. It kills the Kirby and knocks you from one end of the house to the other, and you realize truth is not about the messenger. Truth is in the content, in the content. So God gives us truth about hell, the place where those who die without Christ go immediately. And I hope I'm not wordy. I just I want to explain, and if I give a lot on the introduction, the Lord will allow me to finish what I'm supposed to. The lake of fire and hell are similar, but they're not the same thing. Jesus told a story of a rich man and Lazarus who both died. The, Lazarus, the man Lazarus, this was not the Lazarus that was raised from the dead. This is another one. Would lay at his gates and uh, scrape his sores with, with pots. And the dogs would come lick his sores. And he would beg for alms. alms. And this rich man fared sumptuously every day. And they, they both died. And the rich man was in hell. And he could look over a chasm and see into what was called Abraham's bosom. Or in the Old Testament, uh, it was Sheol. In the New Testament, the Greek word was Hebrew. But it was the, the, Hades and Sheol was, the, was the, the holding place for the saints. Because Jesus had not yet died. They were not in torment, but they did not have access to heaven yet. Okay. And he uh, seeth Abraham afar off, and he couldn't get to him, and Abraham couldn't get this way. And he called out, and he said, Please allow Abram to just dip his finger in a cup of cold water and put it on my tongue because I'm in such torment. And the angel said, Those which are on that side cannot come hither, and you cannot go to them. He said, Well, at least send somebody to my father's house that they could avoid this horrible place. And the call, the cry came back. He said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. No, but if someone come from the dead and told the message, they would hear. And they said, no, even if someone came from the dead, they would not believe. Now, Jesus didn't say, it's like a man that died. He said, this man died. Okay, so bear with me just some more in the introduction. So when Christ died, he went into the lower parts of the earth. He had become sin for us. And not where the... Lazarus, the ungodly man was suffering but to all the Old Testament saints that every year for, and back then men lived to be hundreds of years old, every year for hundreds of years they would kill a spotless lamb and kill a spotless lamb and the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and kill a spotless lamb and, and, and apply the blood to the mercy seat and if God accepted if the lamb was spotless, spotless without flaw, he would postpone judgment one year They were never forgiven. They never had a clear conscience like you and I have today. But they postponed it once a year, once a year. So when Jesus came into the lower parts of the earth, he preached the gospel. And he told them, I'm the lamb. I'm the one that was to die for the sins of the world. And on the third day when he was resurrected, the Bible said he took captivity captive. All the saints that were in this holding area ascended with him. And the Bible said, and some in Jerusalem saw their relatives walk in the streets. I'd love to see that one on video. Can you imagine you just going to the market and you go, Uncle Earl, you're supposed to be dead. I was. And he's just walking through the streets. And they ascended into the heaven. And that part of hell then was either closed or opened To be a place of torment. So Jesus told him, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Paradise meant where he was. So whether it was Hades, Sheol, or into, we say heaven, the upper uh, holding place of God. uh, The saints were taken out. The veil was rent. And now hell is a holding place. Where the Bible said the fire never ceases. Preachers will tell you, well, there's no fire. Yes, there is. Well, it's the fire of disappointment. A man in hell. Can you, do you realize Christ gave us a recording transcripted from hell? You have heard the words of a man in hell. He screams out, I know that guy. And he's screaming, I, I could not do it justice. Let him just dip his finger just touch water and touch my tongue for a millisecond of reprieve because I am tormented in this flame. Mental anguish doesn't make you beg for a droplet of water. It's a horrible thing, but it is a real thing. The reality of hell, it is a literal, recognizable physical place created for a specific purpose. It was created for the devil and his angels, the fallen ones, when Lucifer tried to ascend and be like God and a third of the angels fell with him. But it has also become the holding place for all that Satan has deceived and caused through his manipulation them to turn away from God, the claims of God, the word of God, and the things of God. The Bible says this about hell. The fire never goes out. The worm dieth not. And the smoke of its torment goes up forever and ever. Hell is inescapable. And it is expanding. I remember the first time I saw this verse. I was literally, I mean, I'm young in the Lord, brand new preacher. And I remember reading it thinking, I mean, being so... Sobered, Like you just put the book down and you're like a deer in the headlights. Listen to this from Isaiah chapter 5, verse 14. Therefore hell is enlarging itself and opening its mouth without measure. And the glory of men and their multitude and their pomp and those that rejoiceth against God will descend into it. I am not standing on a platform of arrogance saying, aha, look, they're all getting their just deserve. But having said that, in great humility, knowing that it was my place to abide had God not given me grace. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many go in thereby. And the flow into hell is so voluminous that hell's mouth is being enlarged. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Judgment is real. And what's happening, do you understand that I'm using truth Propaganda, but it's truthful to sway you. I'm using truth to to move you and to stir you and to change the way you think and feel. By God's grace and God's anointing, I'm using words to change the way you think and feel. And I get 30 minutes a week. And the media, hundreds of hours of, of a month, are teaching you that... Anyone that thinks that way is a a horrible person and they misrepresent God and they recreate God to a more palatable thing which removes the fear of God and God and I are like, cool. Now fear of the Lord is not a cowering fear like an abused wife does when her husband comes home drunk. It's a reverential fear knowing that you can, by edict... Commit me to eternal damnation. You are all powerful. You are all sovereign. You answer to nobody. And there's a reverence when I come before you. There's a reverence. That's why I don't drag into church late. It's a small thing and we don't go to hell for being late. But it's the same principle. If I'm meeting with the Lord... I love when we, we pray every night with our girls and we ask them questions and we get them to testify and tell me what they're grateful for. And every now and again, Isabel and Olivia will say on Saturday night, and say, and Lord, we're going to get up tomorrow and we're going to meet with you. And we're going to worship you with all we have. We've lost. We have lo- the world denies it. We've lost the reverential fear. We come parading into God's presence, a house committed to His name, a scheduled appointment. I'm going to meet with you at 10 o'clock tomorrow, Lord, and come before you. And I'm going to walk into the light so my deeds may be exposed. And I'm going to offer my life to you. And whether it's correction or encouragement or whatever, I want to know you. And I want to work out my salvation in fear and trembling. And we come in late with a coffee in our hand. And it doesn't have to be coffee. I'm not anti-coffee. It can be a diet do. Same thing. Just dragging in. And just careless, carefree. Service is started. People are singing unto God. And we're out in the foyer talking about the football game. It's It's the same. Theirs is to a different degree. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Moses coming to the burning bush with a Starbucks in his hand? The truth is, Many of us, when we come here, we don't plan on meeting with God. We plan on, hopefully, Pastor John saying something that will compensate or help or encourage. Because if you're going to meet with God, He could say anything. He'll address everything. And He'll always love and encourage. But hell is not talked about. You'll see a talk show and Ellen or Oprah or whoever, and they'll bait people with questions and some believer will stand up and they'll say, so you're telling me God's going to send everyone to hell that doesn't believe that Jesus is the way? And they'll say, yes. And the venom and the hatred as if she were responsible for their sinfulness. He who is ashamed of me and my words... And my words I will be ashamed of when I come in great glory with the angels. Hell is a real place. It is an active place. If we were able to hear a 30-second clip, audio only, of hell, you would never be the same. And the torment of their cry ascendeth up forever and ever. Now watch. Let's take. See? There it is. Trying to scare everybody. The scare tactic. The manipulation. Not. Yeah. Yes. Flee the wrath to come. Have a covering. Have an ark. You're just trying to make me afraid. One of my favorite verses. I believe it's in in James, it says, And Noah, moving by fear, created an ark to the saving of his family. So now watch the parallel. God says, I'm going to judge every man according to his works. So that means all of us are done. All of us. Because there's none righteous. No, not one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, so we're done. If he's going to judge us by our works, we're done. So the wrath of God is going to fall upon us. Look at the parallel of us and Noah. God tells Noah, I'm going to destroy the world and everything in it. But you can build this boat, and I'll tell you how to build it. Noah said, you're just trying to scare me. Can you see how absurd that is? God said, yeah, I'm telling you, this ought to make you afraid. But not the fear, like I told you, of the abused spouse. It's the, for real, Lord. That's right. And Noah, by fear, moved to the building of an ark for the saving of his family. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So once I fear the Lord... Then I don't live in that fear alone. That's a part of me. I'm then introduced to friendship, intimacy, sharing, fulfillment, contentment. Knowing that I have escaped the fires of hell because Jesus Christ paid for my sins. Hell is real, but grace is stronger. Mercy is stronger. Number two. The certainty of hell. For the devil, the Antichrist of the last days, who I believe is already born among us. I don't know who he is, but we are in the last hours. I'm telling you, the last hours before the return of the Lord. The false prophet, uh, the Antichrist who is going to come upon the scene and create one world government. The false prophet who is going to... instigate the one world religion which doesn't mean everybody has to be a part of say the Baptist church or the assembly of God or, or whatever it just means the one world religion is your religion is fine there is no one, there is no religion so whatever you believe is fine so the antichrist the devil the false prophet and those who did not help Israel in the great tribulation will be cast into hell Some of us have maybe struggled in our studies when we see Jesus coming after the rapture with the saints and judging the nations. Have you read about that? The sheep and the goat nations, dividing them apart. And Jesus uh, spared some. And he said, because when I was hungry, you gave me food. And when I was naked, you gave me clothes. And when I was in prison, you came to visit me. And they said, when did we ever do that? He said, when you did it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. So after the Great Tribulation, when few compared to the world's population are are, are still alive, Jesus will only allow to stay on the earth during the millennium those that were good to the people of God, both natural and spiritual. He divides the sheep nations from the goat nations, which means, what did you do with Israel? Because see, in that day, Israel will not take the mark of the beast those that have been born again in the tribulation won't take the mark of the beast. And they can't buy or sell. And there will be people who feed them and clothe them. That did not take the mark of the beast as well. Who took care of, of, of Israelites and helped them. The others are turned into hell. So the reality of hell is that the, it, it was designed... The devil, his angels, the false prophet, the beast, those that did not show kindness to Israel and the church. And all who died without Christ. Let me tell you the difference between believing and believers. Oh, you hear people dress like prostitute or horrible, just horrible. And, and their videos will be on television. Every form of illicit and immoral sex from uh, multiple partners to lesbianism and homosexuality and bestiality and all types of perversion. And they take the microphone and go, I want to thank God for the talent. And everybody. Amen. And it's a, it's a mockery. And they would tell you, I believe. And those people say, oh, they don't believe. Yeah, they do, but it's a different kind of belief. I believe that God, they believe, I don't doubt they believe God exists. But they're not believers. When you acknowledge the idea of someone, when you acknowledge the reality of someone, that is a mental assent to a fact that does not make you a believer. The devil believes that Jesus is the Son of God and he's not a believer. Demons believe in Jesus and I know who you are you're the Holy One of Israel have you come to torment me before the time could you please send us into these pigs so we don't have to deal with you they knew who he was but they weren't believers a believer is not someone that acknowledges the reality of God a believer is someone that has a firm relying exclusive trust In the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for their sins. Period. Firm. Reliant. Exclusive. Not Jesus in the church. Not Jesus in Christ's chapel. Not Jesus in John. Not Jesus in a pope. Not Jesus in the prayer of dead saints. Not Jesus in beads. Not Jesus in 10-speed ministry. None of those things. Jesus and Jesus alone. And that person is recreated. They are given the Holy Spirit as an earnest, a deposit that marks them as gods. And they are believers. They are believers. I'm with you, sis. Praise the Lord. It's hard to... You don't want to get excited about a, a, mail on he, uh, a message on hell because it makes it sound like you're arrogant. But no, no, I was scheduled. Do you understand? When I say God, my Savior, on my way, running down the broad path, and he rescued me, put a hook in, pulled me out, and said, You're not going. Grace! My friends would say it, your friends would say it. It would be on television. Well, if I go to hell, at least my friends will be there. Do you see how it's, it's diluted? You're not going to see your friends. You'll be clawing at however, whatever remains, what the resurrected form you have. It won't be glorious, but it'll be eternal. And you can't die. I remember play, listening to wasn't my style of music, but you'd hear songs about highway to hell. Don't stop me. And people laughing about it. The God of this world hath blinded the eyes of them that believe not. They don't know where they're going. Look, they don't know how fast they're going. They don't know how sure the reality is ahead of them and they don't know how eternal it is, lest. It's like God, te- you, ever, you ever have people take pictures of you? for for smartphones and stuff, you know, and t- 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 people taking pictures. Oh, by the way, don't make me get on selfies. I'm going to preach a sermon on selfies one day. I'm just going to preach a whole sermon on it. But do you all remember when you, you're standing there, and, and then somebody have the, the Hunter special 10,000 Magna thing, and you're standing there and, at night, and they're, You can't see anything. You go completely blind. That's kind of like when you hear the gospel. When you hear it for the first time, everything that you believed and heard and laughed about, you go blind to it in one moment and you see everything clear. I've been tricked. I've been tricked. God's plan is for the light. See, those that are evil don't come to the light because their deeds would be exposed. But those that want to know the truth run to the light that their deeds are made manifest. And when we run to the light, we realize how sinful we are. We realize how helpless we are. So we must need a Savior. So we call out to God instead of trying to work out our own salvation. And He grants grace to those that believe. Firm, reliant, exclusive trust in the lord jesus christ. Well, God doesn't do that. He won't do that. He won't send anyone. For if God spared not the angels which sinned, but cast them down to hell, oh. So there were angels that left their first estate, and he's already cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. He spared not the whole world, but he saved Noah He turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. But he's okay with lasciviousness and sexual perversion and homosexuality and uh, lesbianism. Hey, throw adultery in there with it. Same thing. Sexual immorality. He destroyed the cities with fire from heaven. Children. Grown-ups. Blind. Lame. grandparents. Handicapped. Destroyed it all. So he spared not the angels. He spared not the world. He spared not Sodom and Gomorrah. But he'll spare us because we don't believe that he would judge us. That's the trick. God is love. And God does care about the poor. And God does care about the lonely. And God does care about the sick. And God is gracious and God is kind. But you must behold both the goodness and the severity of God. The goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. So what does the severity of God do? It causes us to move by fear. All right, y'all are just staring at me. It's either really, really good or y'all are like, what's what's he talking about? Let me take a pause and give you a commercial break, but it's it's still real. How many of you got... Whippings when you were growing up. Okay. Oh, we're in revival. How many of you got whoopings? We, we had in our house, and my mom always goes, oh, don't tell those. Listen, I turned out good. I, I never got one I didn't deserve, I tell you that. Somebody asked me after church one time, how many did you get? I said, I, 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 t- I won the paddle my seventh grade year at school for getting the most licks. But back then, mamas would be like, "You whipped him good. Neighbors could whip you. You know, you get your whipping at school. Oh, he whipped you, and they'd get another whipping." So, anyway, my daddy had some. He, let's, let's just say that the the discipline compare it to McDonald's. You got your ninety nine cent menu. That's a crystal that is evaporated. Just, okay, so your burger's about that big. You, it's a burger. That's your whipping. Don't make mama spank you. No, no, that's 99-cent that's menu. That ain't nothing. I had to pop my baby today. If it didn't lose its breath, okay. that's your 99-cent menu right there. And then you move up to the McDouble, which means, you know, you got two pieces of meat on the double-sized crystal, right? And so you get that one where you're whipping, and don't ever let a mama or daddy get anointed while they're whipping you. Now, my mama, when she whipped, if she got anointed, it would come with, with, the, with the, like a syntax. How many times do how? Each word got one. And the key to that, hey, I, I'm smart. You just don't talk. You just don't talk because if you said something, I don't know. Well, I will teach you how to know. You just don't talk. Quit. Just shut up, play dumb, roll over, be dead. I used to keep an Alka Seltzer in my pocket. If it got to whipping real bad, you just slip that in there and the foam would start running out your mouth. Oh, baby, you all right. Just to stop. 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 So there's your McDouble. But Daddy would give the Big Mac. (laughs) Now, those of you under 30, you do not know what I'm talking about. The Big Mac today, double it. You remember when it came out? It was like a double whopper. And the whopper today is not a whopper. Who remembers the ad when the whopper first came out? It takes two hands. You could not hold a whopper. Because this part had fall out and this part would fall out. It was a cent. So the Big Mac was like this. And then there was the times where Daddy said, Okay, go get me something to whip you with. 99 cent menu? Mm-mm. McDouble. Mm-mm. Take your hat off. Big Mac? Mm-hmm. It is amazing. The therapeutic change that would come over a child knowing that he had the right and the capacity to judge. My father did not look for occasion to whip me, my mother did not look for occasions to whip me. That was discipline. And God's is not just discipline for the believers, it's judgment. And he would not destroy the world and wink at you. See the sobering thing there? He's not going to change his mind. Mom, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. changes nothing. What he gives us is the opportunity to hear truth and reply to it. Number three. The torment of hell is that it's torturous. It's isolated. It's utter darkness. The torment is it's, they'll know that it's their own sins and pride that would not allow them to confess their sins that puts them there. It's tormenting because they know it was not God's desire or design for us to be there. It's torment because it could have been so easily avoided. It's torment because they're helpless. It's torment because they're hopeless. And it's tormented because they're absolutely alone. It's tormented when you put together the pieces of the systematic, intentional plans of your adversary to deceive you and consume you. And it's tormenting because of the finality of it. No appeal, no parole, no furlough. It is forever. Now I want to finally speak to you on the occupants of hell. Whoever's name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So the lake of fire is just the larger mirror image of hell. So death and hell is thrown into the lake of fire. So the holding place under the earth, will be it's gone. You remember the Bible says that the earth, the heavens, everything's going to melt. It's going to be gone with a fervent heat. And that after the millennium, the thousand year reign of Christ, will be thrown into hell. If your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you will go to hell. And the Lamb's book of life simply means that you have the Lamb's life in you, so your name is written in the book. You've been born again. Recreated not by the will of man, not by religion, not by works, not by actions, not by a priest or a preacher. But you come before God accepting the verdict upon your soul of guilty. You call upon the name of Jesus for mercy and in that moment He changes you. He, he exchanges uh, your death for His life and you receive... <sighs> The life of God. Of course your name is written in the Lamb's book of life because you have the life of the Lamb. That's what it means. Not better. Not kinder necessarily. Not the best among us. But forgiven. 99.999% sure is DNA. But in heaven the Bible says the foundation of God standeth sure. Sure. Unmovable, unchangeable, unshakable, unnegotiable. The foundation of God stands sure that the Lord knows who are His. Mine. Mine. Not based upon works, based upon birth. So your approach to God, I'm I'm trying to be saved, I'm, I'm going to church. Your approach to God cannot work. What part did you play in your first birth? What part do you play in your second birth? It's the work of God. But He'll allow you to participate in it by quickening your spirit and allowing you to call upon the name of the Lord. And whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The occupants of hell will be amazed by how they were deceived and manipulated by Satan. And this will take just a moment to read, but just bear with me. In Isaiah 14, the prophet sees a a mental picture, a movie, if you will, of Satan being cast into hell, and he records it. Listen to this. Hasn't happened yet, but he saw it in the same way they saw the birth of Jesus, the cross, the sufferings. Hell from beneath is moved for you to meet you at your coming. This is speaking of Satan or Lucifer. It stirreth up the dead for you. Which means hell is telling all of the dead, the noble and the mighty, get ready, the prince of the power of the air is coming. And even all the chief ones of the earth, this would be your global leaders. It is raised up from the thrones all the kings of the nations. And they shall speak and say unto you, that these are the kings, we would say our presidents, uh, kings uh, uh, of, of, of millennia past. They will say to Satan... Are you also become as weak as we are? Aren't you, are you become, have you become like us? Your pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vows, the worm is spread under you, and the worms will cover you. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you which weaken the nations? For you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars. And I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like God. Yet you have been brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. And they that see this shall narrowly look upon you and consider you. And this is what they say. Is this the one that made the earth tremble and the kingdom shake? the one that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners. They're going to look eye to eye and go, you're it? You're what deceived us? An angel, a creation of God, the anointed angel, the prince of the power of the air, that ruleth over this world, and he is speaking through every media outlet on the face of the earth. And if I were the devil, it would be very simple. I would teach you that God is not real. If you wouldn't believe that, well, he's real. But you don't have to pay him no mind. And I would erase the idea of judgment. You're the one. And the Bible says in the, in the millennium, people will be able to look over into hell as a warning unto them. Search it out in the major and minor prophets. Ben, if you would come, please. The occupants of hell will be the unbeliever. Those who reject, I do not believe that the only way to God is Christ. I'm sorry. Uh, There are many ways to God. I just don't believe. And that is your prerogative. And if you're right, I'm wrong. And if I'm right, you're damned. And I was you. I want everyone to look at me. I'm not talking down to you. Ain't nobody in this room deserve hell more than me. I sinned against the truth. I knew it. I was raised in it. I lied against the truth. I lived a, a promiscuous, perverted, unclean, uh, self-centered, uh, in just about any sin... Embarrassingly, I can match you sin for sin. And some things I've never told a living person. I was lost. But God found me. I was heading to hell. But He saved me. He not only saved me from my sins, He not only saved me from myself, He saved me from hell. The unrepentant will be in hell. I know it's truth, but I don't care. You can't make me. You're right. I can't make you humble yourself and bow before the Lord. See, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the glory to the glory of God, but some do it in this lifetime. Uh, In front of you, I don't care. I bow my knee to you. You're the Lord. I'm not. There's salvation under no other name. But yours. And had you not given me grace, hell would be my home. That's the truth. But everyone will bow. The Bible says at the great white throne judgment that people, heavens will flee away. No mercy. All they're coming for is the sentence. They've already been in hell. But then they're thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever. The self-righteous. And guys, if if you will, if at all possible, y'all just stay with me right here. No no one talking or moving around. Those that try to uh, obtain salvation through good works are those that are just good people. John, you're saying good people will go to hell. Yes. But unrighteous people. Good in their interaction with one another. But unrighteous and their acts with God, because if you sin in one part of the law, you've broke the whole law. The nations that forget God and oppose Israel, the worldly will be in hell, the carnal will be in hell, the lustful, the immoral, the unclean. The Bible tells you, he that practices these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not the sin, the sins, the expressions that keep them from God keep them, uh, that allow them to, uh, it's not their sins that sends them to hell. Their sins are the evidence that there is no eternal life in them. We can sin, but we're ruined. You can't enjoy it. You can't, you're wired differently. You have to repent. It's forceful. Theirs is natural. So, so John, does adultery send me to hell? If I can practice it. Does fornication, sex out of of marriage, what the Scripture says they will not inherit the kingdom of God. If I can do that, if I do that, does that send me to hell? No. We go to hell because those that have the life of God could not live that way. That's the difference. Will He send me to hell over a beer? Will He send me? No, no, no. It's the, the God in us wants us to live a God-honoring life. Almost done the religious many Lord unbelievers don't call Jesus Lord these people think they believe have we not done many mighty wonderful works in your name didn't we cast out devils didn't we build cathedrals didn't we plant churches Jesus I don't know who you are I don't know who you are you're religious you're not part of the family you thought your works could save you and they can't Your fig leaves do not cover your nakedness. You put that together. I didn't. Those who love the world, the the apostate. Those who go to hell do so with truth ringing in their ears. They've witnessed the transformation of other people's uh, salvation. See, that's what you are. You lose sight that you're someone's message. Those that knew you and saw you get called out of darkness into His marvelous light. They see the change. Oh, the change that's come over me. Saved my life. Now I'm free. That change, you've witnessed it in other people. Having heard the testimony of family, friends, and co-workers. Some of you have tasted of the heavenly gift and the powers to come. You've been in a service where God actually let you taste the power of God. The reality of God. And you still turned away. Walking away from the truth. Your own convictions. Your own experiences. And the prayers, example and pleadings of loved one and friends. Hiding yourself from the light of God's word. God's house and God's people. Gravitating to darkness. Living for pleasure. Living for today. Living for yourselves and living blind. Having said that. Hell was not designed for me. Heaven was. Why did he make a heaven? For angels? Well, heaven's always been. No, it wasn't. His throne was. When Jesus ascended, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I come again, I'm going to receive you unto myself. Because where I am, I want you to. This week, thinking about this message was so hard that I didn't put it to pen or paper or computer till last night and I finished about 20 minutes before 10. Because it makes me get close enough. It makes me get close enough to something that happened 31 years ago. I was that close to hell and he saved me so Pastor John what are you saying I've just told you it's real but if you turn away from that and realize that everything written in the New Testament was not to convince you of hell but to convince you that God doesn't want you to go there the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord final statement and, and this is the Lord see this is just John you go oh, what's John that's, that's just a, you're right but if it's truth Jesus Christ said whosoever through his word he said it whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved they shall be bow your heads Pastor John, this is a lot to hear today and I, I'm not certain about a lot of things, but I'm not saved that's the bottom line I know I'm not and if hell is real, maybe you're not convinced it's real but if it's real, I'm probably going. Do you think if that fear move me toward God that he's okay with that I think it's his plan all along and he is extending his hand to you to come out of the broad path that leadeth destruction and come to the narrow way that leadeth unto life you are not joining this church you're not joining no Christ chapel and you sure aren't joining me you're joining Christ and if that's you no one looking around I'm praying today, God. Save me, I pray. If that's you, slip your hand up. God bless you. 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 you. Now, my church family, I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar. Look this way. I'm not. I got stuff I got to straighten out. Work out your salvation. In fear. I'm, I'm saved. But i got to make sure that nothing's in me. Nothing's on me that looks like this world. I want to make an abundant entrance into the kingdom of God. I want when the trumpet goes off, every part of me says, Yes! With no tethering ropes to this world. And God, today I'm going to meet with you. And I'm going to confess my sins and I'm going to be able to say at the end, this is my promise to you, Lord. At the end of that prayer, the devil has nothing on me. If that's you, no, nobody's going to come to the altar. And your pride is not Lord. I want you to stand and say, I'm working out the last details today. God bless you. God bless you. I'm standing. Lord, I'm working out the details today. Ben, do you know that chorus? Grace, grace, God's grace. Can we stand and sing this as we leave today?
1: Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse with Grace. Grace that is greater than all my sin. Oh, let's lift our voice, saints. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace.
0: with one final thought so hell was created for death and his, for Satan and his angels and the ungodly and the wicked nations that turn from God but before long the heavenly Jerusalem is going to descend from heaven in Jerusalem and we who have already died and remain and been transfigured we're coming with the Lord and the nations of the earth They'll be taking in Delta and uh, Northwestern or whoever else is left. I don't know who else we're flying southward. They'll come in and the nations will come before the Lord. Earthly people that survived the tribulation and come before the temple and worship the Lord. But we will be in the temple, glowing, glorious. And one of them will say. Those are the redeemed of the Lord. He adopted them. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.